everybody. So we're back with, I hope I can make it through, a Degrassi viewing podcast. I am Donnie, your Degrassi veteran. And I'm Frank, your Degrassi baby. <laughs> so here we are, episode four. We have, we're still in it. Um, and episode four is called Eye of the Beholder. Now, Frank, it is your turn, though this is a little <laughs> tricky. Our A plot and B plot, okay, A plot kind of clear. B plot might be a C plot, depends on <laughs> how you read that. Would you like to? Well, I mean, they're pretty delineated. Oh, there's actually a few plots in this. Yeah, no, I was like, I was like, I think there might be an A, B, C, but I would even make the argument for a D plot at that point. Um, well, I'd say there's the A plot, which is the dance and body issues. Yes, yes. And yes. then plot A point one is the return of Sean Cameron. Yes. <laughs> um, and then B plot is. All the seventh graders not knowing how to deal with a dance. <laughs> I was going to say two of them, like, watching pornography. Okay, let's get the summary first, and then we can unpack that whole porn snafu. Wait, so, but, like, so Donnie was late today, uh, getting to my house to record, and I wanted to have a whole opener where I was like, Donnie, ask me where I was today. And I was going to say, I was at the pornography store. I was buying pornography. <laughs> Hey, Frank, were you with a friend? No. <laughs> Kids never be with friends when you're viewing pornography. <laughs> Andy Life Tips. <laughs> okay. All right, let's, okay. let's begin. Yes, let's begin. So it's our first ever Degrassi... Uh, night dance, which is bizarre to me. <laughs> like, well, well. To be fair, you, Frank, you haven't watched the original Degrassi, and when we get to that, you will understand why there are no <laughs> night dances at Degrassi. Oh, so this is a Footloose type thing where something bad happened, and then we no more night dances. To be fair, I feel like I'm pretty certain the last time the middle school had a dance, the school literally lit on fire. <laughs> I was thinking fire. <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember this extended credit sequence in which you just watched Degrassi <laughs> up in flames and, like, all the kids watching in abject horror. Like, <laughs> Was it the last episode? Because <laughs> if it's not, how is it not the last episode? <laughs> I think it was. And uh, it's been a while since I watched it, which, by the way, I found out it's free on YouTube, so guess what we're doing after we get, you know, a decent amount of through this. I feel like it might have been the conclusion for Degrassi Junior High, and then they come back in Degrassi High. But, like, I'm fairly certain it wasn't the actual... No, it wasn't the actual end. It was actually just the end of the middle school. Oh, my God. <laughs> so they opened up in Degrassi High School. Here at the newly rebuilt Degrassi High, because, fuck, we're never having any night dances again. <laughs> Here at the new Degrassi High, we have several policies, including, but not limited to, don't use matches. <laughs> And also, no night dances. <laughs> and our new sprinkler system, which would have come in handy before. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't know, and I can't speak to if that's just a hanger-on from the Degrassi Junior High era, but it was kind of funny imagining that and being like, man, we had a horrible track record. It's like, only one fire happened. That's a horrible track record. <laughs> we can never, this middle school can never have a night dance ever again. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so I guess. All right. Well, we don't start at the night. Uh, we don't start at the first night dance. No. We start with Terry and her very supportive father. True. 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 Um, I really like this dad because, like, Terry is having some body issues. Um, she's. I. I'm always looking for the political way to say this. Like, mm -hmm. just, she's, she's a bit heavier, I don't know. Um, and her father's just like, oh, all the boys are gonna go wild for you. And she's just like, I'm not going to the dance because I am, like, I am fat. And I was like, oh, honey, no. <laughs> um, and he's, he keeps insisting, which... Honestly, like, my parents never gave enough of, like, well, they gave it a shit about me. They didn't give it, they didn't care if I went to dances or not. They're like, oh, you're hanging out in your room, not doing drugs? Cool. 
We don't care if you're going to play video games for 10 hours. Just don't do drugs. <laughs> Which I feel is fair. <laughs> um, A reasonable <laughs> compromise. <laughs> so, um... And then it's time to go to school. <laughs> I don't know, do you have anything else to add to this opener? <laughs> uh, not very much to add to the opener. Um, I agree with you. Like, I, the dad's very well-meaning, which is very sweet. Um, I'm assuming in true Degrassi, like, storytelling fashion, we're supposed to infer this is a single father type of situation. Yeah. We don't have any explicit, like, oh, your mother would have loved that dress. But, like, we, you know, we don't have any anything about the mother so we can kind of assume it's a single father kind of household i mean you have that kind of it's always difficult with this type of storyline when you talk body issues and things like that um and i suppose this is also a product of the time period where nowadays if we were going to talk about body image and we were going to talk about having fat characters we at least writers would probably take a more fat positive type of lens yeah but we're still at, in 2003, and I suppose you could make that argument also in 2018, you're still at the, you're not fat, you're beautiful. And the father's very well-meaning and trying to, like, you know, make it clear to her, to her that he, you know, to, to not let the body, let her body image issues get the best of her. However, it does kind of fall into the, like, you're not, it's not that you're fat, like, you're not that, don't call yourself that, as opposed to maybe what a 2018 kind of message would be, which would be like, yeah, you're fat, and also, like, <laughs> and what, basically. Yeah. Um, there's a shirt I've been seeing around for a while that I kind of want to buy that just says, I'm fat, I'm fat let's party. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, in a more actually substantive, substantive light, there's this one comic, uh, it's made by a dad, and... Um, like about it, you know his family and what have you, and there's one where he's like, "You look very pretty." Today. He says this to his daughter, like, "You look very pretty today," and like she starts like imagining herself, um, like as a fashion queen or a celebrity or something. Oh. And then like the mom goes, <clears throat> and he's like, "Oh right, you look very smart today," and like then she starts imagining herself as a scientist. Hmm. So, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, I like that. I'll, po- I'll post it in the Facebook that we now totally have. Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll have it by the time this episode is posted. Worry not. Worry not. <laughs> I started one podcast off the cuff. I'm not starting a second one. <laughs> um, anyway. But anyway, so that's our introduction to the episode. It kind of gives us a little bit more to Terry because for the for a while we only really knew her as girl who did a tour of Degrassi in the first episode. Um, and then, like, the second, like, thing, the time that we see her is she's kind of Ashley's buddy, and we only really see her as the friend of, and now, now, presumably, as she is the introduction of this episode, we're gonna get a Terry episode, which is gonna be, is, is nice to see. So, hooray! We're gonna finally get to know Terry. I'm really worried about this character. (laughs) I don't blame you for being worried, and I say that without trying to give away too much, but I don't blame you for being concerned about this girl. Anyway, let's get, let's continue summarizing the plot before we get really nitpicky, because I feel like there's a lot to unpack with very subtle instances in this episode. Oh, I'm going phoneless this time, because I'm going to try to remember everybody's name just off the top of my head. Good for you. And we see somebody arrive on what I believe is a moped. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> but it's true. Like, it's treated as super cool. Um, we meet Sean, and I had to look this up. His big brother, Tracker. Oh my god, I forgot his brother's <laughs> name is Tracker. Oh my god, no, you're totally right, though. Oh, ooh. Uh, my, my favorite thing about about Sean's introduction is the moment. So, like, he's, he's like, coming... Well, we don't know if he's new to school, if he's coming back to school. We know that he's a new character we have to look at. He gets introduced in class, in, like, the media immersion class. So, so um, Snake is his teacher. And and Snake's like, you know, oh, here's Sean. You know, he was away for a while. Which, by the way, like, you never do when you're introducing a student. It's like, usually you're just kind of, as somebody who has done that, like, usually you're just like, oh, yeah, there's a student in this class. You may know them and you may not. By the way, their name is Mike. He's like, you know, he went up north for a little while, but now he's back. Um, and then he says, like, hey, Sean, you want to, like, talk about anything about yourself? And Sean just goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and, I... and Snake's just like, well, okay. 
Well, we, like, this felt very anime, like, open air, where they just, like, stand at the front, write your name on the board, and, like, introduce yourself. Because, like, new kids rolled into my high school all the time. It was just like, yeah, this kid's here now. Go sit down. <laughs> we got yeah. work to do. <laughs> yeah, like, I just had a new kid, like, probably about, like, two two weeks ago at this point, And it was just very simple. It was like, it was like, oh, here's blank. Oh, okay. Hey, you know, if he, <laughs> if, if he needs any help getting caught up, provide it. If not... You know, let's just keep going. And it was just kind of like, whatever. And I didn't want to, like, because I feel like, I don't know, I just feel like I wouldn't want a middle schooler or a high schooler to feel pressured. Of course, like, if they want to say something, sure. But as a teacher, I don't want to open myself up to a situation where a kid's going to look me, like, look at the crowd dead in the eye and say no. <laughs> <laughs> like, Guess what? I'm antisocial. Yeah, it's like, just so you know. And, like, that's also a thing, like, I could see a middle schooler doing this as well. So, like, there's also this terror, this brief moment of terror in my eyes where I was like, oh, my God, Snake, I feel you. I feel you, my friend, though you, you shouldn't have even opened that up. Yeah. So, um, oh, and Spinner is, we now find out, is very attracted to Terry. Yes. Yes. It's weird. It feels like... See, like, it's hard for me to, whenever I talk about this series, it's, I guess this is a challenge of this podcast, is, like, I get very, like, my views on characters get very muddled, because, like, so much happens in the seasons, and I forgot, like, this weird thing where it's like, oh, Spinner's a bully. He's a goofy bully, but he's a bully. But also, now we're supposed to believe, like, oh, he has very sincere and pure feelings toward Terry, at least as far as we can tell. And he's into Terry. And it's like, you gotta, like, almost, like, change your lens, like, as the scene is happening. It's like, okay, what am I supposed to get out of Spinner and his intentions? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Paige is also into Spinner. <laughs> Who is wearing a fabulous shirt, because I am, I am the color, uh, like, the color announcer, or whatever you call them, for color commentator for this, this show. Paige is wearing another fabulous shirt, which is literally spoiled with the number, like, a Varsity 2 in the background of it. It is my favorite. All, like, Paige fashion is to die for. So, um, Paige, like, Paige admittedly, um... Uh, like, I, so here's the thing. I thought there was going to be some body shaming from Paige, but Paige's machinations are far craftier than that. <laughs> yes. Um, so, oh, and Emma and Manny are hanging about. Um, they're talking about whether or not to go to the dance. Manny doesn't want to go. Or there's something going on with her parents. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, says that she's not allowed to go is pretty much what it boils down to yeah um emma it like wants to go with the boys but they're being told dunces mm -hmm. like if any teenagers are within the sound teenagers are within the sound of my voice yep 32 voice still cracks um are within the sound of my voice just go to the dance and dance it you're all gonna be bad at it like it doesn't matter <laughs> I will say that with the caveat that prom is usually too expensive, especially if you're somebody who is, um, somebody who's going to buy a dress and stuff like that. Um, however, like, eighth grade dances, especially the informal ones, are so innocuous. Like, especially looking back on them, it's literally you and a bunch of friends just awkwardly shuffling to Top 40 music, and, like, it's... No, like usually nothing particularly traumatic happens. That doesn't mean that Degrassi doesn't, you know, cook up some drama, <laughs> but... For the most part, and I would argue most of the people who went to that dance in the Degrassi episode had a fine, innocent time. The, the one thing I was just like, okay, the one part that wasn't realistic is there's nobody crying. That's correct. <laughs> At least, well, not explicitly, you're right. We didn't really see anybody, like, crying for some... Openly. <laughs> weeping openly... <laughs> At the sink, rubbing furiously at their mascara. We did not see that. that. That's one of my favorite little details from the fourth Harry Potter movie, where like at the end of the at the end of the Yule Yule Ball, like uh, Hermione like gets in a fight with Ron, and mm. then there's already somebody at the stairs crying, and then Hermione starts crying, and I hate Ron just a little bit more. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's true. It's like you don't have that really like. You don't have that moment. But don't worry. There's plenty of drama on the way at this dance. Worry not. You didn't need your tropey kindred spirit people consoling each other while they're crying. It's just going to make them cry more. You got other drama going on. Yeah. Oh, and Liberty Van Sant is still being a good secretary, which is like, yeah, go do the announcements. 
Alexis, Alexis, no. Ashley. Yes. Okay. Good. Cool. We're 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 moving. We are. Um, Ashley, like Ashley, has the patience of a saint if she has to deal with Liberty Benzan as her secretary. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she's currently cohabiting the space with Toby, so I feel like. <laughs> Her patience is like, you know, this constant work in progress right now. Yeah, um, so, anyway, um, oh, and we also check in with JT and Toby, who are going to skip the dance, because JT's friend, I think at first it's uncle, then it changes to friend, it's just like, I found a bunch of porn URLs, and I'm sharing them with you. Oh, there is so much... (laughs) I just, okay, okay, I, alright, I identify more masculine nowadays, however, I I was designated female at birth, and because of that, I was raised as a girl, and this whole entire idea of you and your pal, like, spending an evening looking up porn with each other, it's just, I, I was spending, like, a significant amount at the beginning of that episode just whispering to myself, being like, do people do that? (laughs) You don't have to admit either way, Frank. I'm not expecting you to, to nope, answer I'm this. I'm going there. Yeah, no, no. I, I'm just like, I'm like, is this just a part of, like, camaraderie that I just never experienced as a child? I don't know. As a, cis, as a cisgender dude, I never did that. Okay. With, okay, but oh, oh, there oh, is oh, a sorry. story. There is a story. <laughs> Are you willing to open up to this on a podcast? And I've opened up to way worse stuff on a podcast. Fair. Wow, okay. Let's let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> One day I'll t- now I already told the, the online girlfriend who <laughs> so I met on a Digimon website. That's <laughs> far more embarrassing than this. And okay. like it's only embarrassing if you choose to let it be so. Everything's funny always. So this is okay. also funny. So we went to the Sun Coast video. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if some of our people listening to this thing even know what a Suncoast is. <laughs> it is a magical, overpriced place where you could buy anime DVDs and lots of anime merchandise and worry not a plethora of Pocky. Go on. Speaking of, anime features heavily into the story about pornography. <laughs> so one of my friends, this guy named Mike, bought this thing called Behind Closed Doors. And him... My, it was him, a female friend, and I think her brother and I all sat down to watch it one night in the basement, because of course. Yes. It was so not hot. <laughs> like, I don't, like, I don't understand the watching of it together, but, like, it just became this thing. We were just watching it, and it was just like, oh, God, it can't get any worse. Oh, God, it got worse! Oh How did gosh. it get worse? Like, every chapter was worse than the last. Like, it was just, it wasn't a, it wasn't pornography. It was a horror movie in, like, hentai clothing. <laughs> See, like, I could almost argue that that's okay. In the sense, like, I believe and I know and I'm sure people have been in that experience before where it's like you flip through, like, a really dirty, silly yaoi and you're like, ah, like, you know, that's not possible. Um, and by the way, not in a homophobic context. I'm talking, like, you were looking at it and you were like, that is a ridiculous body pose. Like, that makes no <laughs> sense. And, like, you know, you're kind of laughing at that element of it. Or, like, you have, you know, looked at certain things, like, kind of, like, online. But mostly it's been in, like, this joking or, like, a kind of... It just... It felt... It was just very odd having to watch this episode for a significant amount of time, watching these two boys look at porn, but not, like, like just, like, be into it and, like, be like, ooh, look at her. Oh, look at, look at that pose. Ooh. Like, not in, like, a teasing kind of way or anything, but, like, they're goading each other to, like, work on their spank banks. But, like, but then what? I don't know. <laughs> Then you kiss. Yeah, but that's what it, <laughs> honestly, like, that's what it felt like, almost, in a way. Not to say, like, you know, like, it really didn't set that up from a storytelling perspective on Degrassi's part. But there was this element that was, like, this is actually a very intimate experience of you looking at pornography that you are presumably into and what you're looking for and not, like, in the ha-ha-ha, let's, like, read this dreaded hentai manga or something like that. Like, no, we're talking, like, they were trying to look at hot people and, like, get feelings of some sort. 
And it's like, it's It's just, it's, it's just. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> oh. I sorry, just I I want to get back to the serious talk about the episode, but I do sorry. also want to bring up. Um, I once read this. It was like a weird, like sci-fi, like manga, and at the end, it just gets into hardcore Yuri action, just out of nowhere. Yeah, but was it good Yuri? Not really. Uh. Like it, it, it was mostly just like I think the author was just like, oh, we need some sex to boost this thing's numbers. And like there's, there's the moans, there's the, like all that dialogue, and there's also the sound effects. And one of the sound effects was zap. Ooh. And I was just like, what's going zap? <laughs> like, it's a I'm sci-fi. Ass- Anything's possible. I'm assuming it's a mistranslation, but what is zap? Like, did no editor look at this? <laughs> but like once again, like that that seems like that kind of camaraderie thing where if that was the thing that you were doing and like you know oh like you know that's kind of haha you know that type of stuff like I'm like okay that makes sense to me on like a friend level like we've all had friends maybe not all of our friends but we've had friends where we looked at that and we were like what <laughs> I was reading this and it said zap what and then like you laugh about it but like <sighs> Toby and JT were trying something. They, and I don't think they fully knew what they were doing yet, but they are seventh graders. They should have kissed. <laughs> they should have just got for it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, Frank just sent me, like, one of those classic Yaoi hands panels. Wait, who? I thought you said, I just sent it. Yeah. Oh. Who sent this then? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> my roommate just sent it to a group chat. <laughs> Hi, Danny. Hi, <laughs> I'm kind of disappointed in you, Frank. You should have said that they didn't go. They should have gone there. They did not go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. My phone's over there. So <laughs> I'm going phoneless. Anyway, um, oh so much. I, th- I think we just wrap up this B plot as just like they just watch porn. Their mom comes or. Uh, Parent, like Toby's, Toby's stepmom like, comes home. Step, dad father, and stepmom. father, and then like father's girlfriend come home, and they're okay. There is the last like. I feel like we need to talk about this later. We need to wrap up Terry's plot because Terry okay. and and Sean, man, there's so much happening in this episode. They didn't go to C plots until season four, and I'm like, you're liars because this is this is like. Four plots in one episode. Okay, um, so, yeah, Sean is, I guess, the bad boy. Oh, yes. Like, he's wearing a torn leather, not as near as a leather, denim jacket. <laughs> um, Canadian bad boy. <laughs> and Drake is, like, trying to be his friend. I know I'm not remembering his name correctly, but he's Jimmy. not. Jimmy. Jimmy. It's gonna be just be Drake forever for me. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy is just like, hey, Sean, glad to have you back. And George's like, whatever. <laughs> Can we talk about how Jimmy, his, his, there's this transition where he's, like, walking past, he's on the basketball court, and, like, he's dribbling a ball, and then out of nowhere, a guy comes over, grabs the ball, he just shrugs, and then walks over towards Sean. <laughs> did you see this? Because I did. And it took, I had to, like, pause it and rewatch it, because I was like, what is going on here? That's my reaction to anyone trying hard at high school sports. Like, like when we had to play sports in gym, I was just like, I'm not gonna play basketball because those guys get way too into it. I'm gonna go do Tybo on the other side, cause because why not? Yeah, yeah, no, it was like the weirdest moment, and then it's like he just like do 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 and like makes his way over back toward Sean. Yeah. <laughs> very weird anyway so like yeah no like sean and jimmy they have some sort of beef sorry to take your your summarizing the plot thing but like it it kind of comes to a a head of sorts when it when it gets to the dance because jimmy is like oh well there's an eighth grade party but you're invited even though you like you know and like you know sean brings up that he is repeating the grade and like as he's pinning jimmy to, like, a wall. You know, straight assault. Yeah. Emma. <laughs> Emma comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and, so, and says, you seem like a reasonable sort assaulting this young man. <laughs> like, can we have a dance? <laughs> yeah, whatever. Oh, and there's also, like, 
Ashley is manning the table uh, oh, into Ashley. the dance. I feel for Ashley in this episode. <laughs> just dealing with the fact that your two friends are just messes in their own unique ways. And Sean's a bad boy and just walks by and slaps, still pays and slaps his money down and walks in. <laughs> yeah, Ashley just dealing with a lot of stuff. Because, like, also what's happening with Terry is, so Terry is, like, finally, like, has, maybe has the confidence to go to the dance. After they give her a makeover. Yeah, they give her, like, a makeover. They give her a nice, you know, she looks really cute. It's true. I mean, I don't really understand that phase in early 2000s fashion where we did, like, the weird, like, not quite cornrows, but, like, the braids on the top of the head. Like, kind of like everybody was coming from, like, a weird Caribbean cruise, like, hair (laughs) braiding experience. But, like, everyone was trying to imitate it. So, like, she has, like, outside of that, like, she has... A pretty cute outfit on. Ashley has to leave because Ashley's doing all the setup. And then Paige. <laughs> oh, yeah. Paige. Pa- this is when I was, I was like, good for you, Paige. Like, because Paige is like, she's going to need as much support as she can as she, as she can get. Because, like, Paige is helping with the makeover. And I thought, once again, there's going to be some weird, well, like, body shaming stuff going on. And there wasn't. They seemed to be supportive. And then Paige... I, <laughs> I, I noticed I kept saying, seem to. <laughs> seem to. Because Paige then decides that the only way that Terry is going to truly have the confidence to go to this dance, at least the way that she frames it, not her actual intention, is to bust into um, some of like, the family stock of Sherry and do one of those, like, I'll pour two glasses out, but, oh, you know what, Terry, you can finish my glass. And, like, before you know it, Terry has had, like, half a bottle of Sherry. No, they get through. I thought it was wine. It might be like, I don't know. I remember sherry, but it, it's like, a bottle. It would be, it'd be make a lot more sense to be way funnier with sherry because, like, in eighth grade, you don't know what you're supposed to be drinking. Well, that's how it kind of <laughs> felt like. But like, anyway, regardless, like she gets wasted, and Paige is like just kind of helping her into the dance, and like Ashley. Is of course like you know who's the one who's like oh like we're finally gonna have a night dance we're finally gonna be able to do this blah 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 looks up and sees that her friend is very intoxicated <laughs> and just watches her dreams crumble of more night dances <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's like oh man it's 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 rough it's rough because like Terry gets to dance with Spinner and it's supposed to be this humongous moment and that's all well and good and then. She she just botches the whole thing because she's super drunk and like oh it's just really bad because she does like one of those things where like you know she's saying things that are really forthright but not quite appropriate and then before you know it she gets really sick and she runs to the bathroom and it's just it's just a nightmare. It's a nightmare to watch. <laughs> it was heartbreaking. And then yeah. Paige comes swooping right in. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like this moment that, like, I can see the gif so clearly in my eyes, which is, like, Spinner and Paige kind of dancing, but they're both looking in the general direction of where Terry is. And, like, Spinner's looking pretty concerned. And then Paige just like, hmm. Oh. Oh, well. And it's just, like, this, like, very funny juxtaposition of them, like, awkwardly doing, like, awkward eighth grade noodle dancing while also, like, (laughs) making these faces in the general proximity of where Terry ran off. Um, yeah, and I, I did kind of enjoy, uh, Spinner just literally has no time for Paige until, like, throughout the episode. Yeah. It's like, hey, Terry, can I borrow your nights? Oh, thanks, you know, you're so nice. And Paige is like, hey, Spinner, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah no. go. Spinner, Spinner, you know, which, by the way, said, like, the most weird, the weirdest line to Emma when she comes into the dance, <laughs> which is, I had to, like, oh, God, I wrote it down. Let me see if I can find it. It was, like, the weirdest line, and it said, like, oh, look, it's old Miss Big Mouth, and look, she has a heart on her chest. What? <laughs> oh, I, I heard that as she's got a heart on. Oh, I think you're right. I think I added the chest. Anyway, I think you're right. She has a heart on. You're right. No, it is. She has a heart on. What? (laughs) Like, it's like the problem with with Spinner, at least in this incarnation of Spinner, Spinner goes through a lot of growth. And like those of you who are fans of Spinner or whatever, like, you know, we'll get to the changes that happen to Spinner's character. But at the time right now, I can't tell if this is the case of the writers don't know how to write bullies. Or they're, like, trying to make it that he is the worst bully on the planet, but they just, 
don't, like, they just don't make it clear enough that that's the joke. Did, did you ever see a movie called Kung Fu Hustle? Um, no, I haven't. They're, like, it's about this guy who's trying to find his destiny, and he thinks his destiny is to be a bad guy, and he just sucks at it. And then yeah. he, he's like, oh, I'm gonna be a good guy now. He's like, wow, I'm way better at this. <laughs> like, that's kind of what it feels like with Spinner, but, like, it's not clear enough that, like... <laughs> Like, that's exactly what they're going for, but, like, I assume at this point this is kind of what they're going for, because, like, his his disses are terrible, nobody takes him seriously, like, he, he says, he points out that she has a heart on her shirt, as if that's supposed to be, like, I was, like, trying to figure out if it was, like, is this supposed to be, like, a hard-on joke, but, like... It didn't quite work. It's like, it's not a diss. It's like... <laughs> it's like, you're correct. Like, like, like it's like, yes, you are correct. I do have a heart on my shirt. You are right. Like, it was, it was bizarre. Um, but not as bizarre as the way this episode ends, which, oh my god, we can, I feel like, uh, uh, there's so much to kind of unpack in terms of how this episode ends, because the episode <laughs> ends, so, in terms of the plots that we have, um, does Sean and Emma get a scene after the dance? I'm trying to remember. No, it's no. Sean and Emma, um, or Emma is talking to Mandy, Manny. What, what happens to Manny? I, I remember her mom dropping her off. And then, did I pass out? Because I don't remember seeing her. No, she doesn't go to the dance itself. Like, we see her in pretty much every scene except for, like, the dance itself. So where is she then? <laughs> well, she was home. But wait, her mom dropped her off. Are you sure you're not confusing it with um, Spike dropping Emma off? Possibly. Because <laughs> there is a scene that Spike drops Emma off, which is actually kind of cute. Oh, is that the one with Don't Go Home Alone? Yeah, like she's really, back. really particular about that, which I found very endearing. Yeah, then I got com- Okay, then I did get confused. It's like, oh, okay, Spike remembers the traumatic experience that happened this summer. <laughs> well, like... But, Somebody does. But that's th- then that's confusing, because it's just like, Mom, aren't you going to come pick me up? Yeah, yeah, you know, um, well, I guess, like, the whole idea is, like, Emma was already not really on board, because I remember, like, she kind of rolls her eyes and stuff like that when Spike drops her off. I think the idea is, like, I know that you may want to, like, walk home, but if you're gonna do it, you can't do it alone. I think it's more in preparation that Emma is not gonna want to call her when the dance is over, as opposed to Spike sincerely wanting to pick up her kid. Um... So, uh, Emma is saying, yeah, Sean looks, Sean looks mean, but he's actually, like, really nice. And I remember, like, looking at Sean, just thinking, like, that kid looks like a puppy. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> of course, you know, like I said, I'm 32, so maybe, I'm, like, if I was younger, it's like, oh, he is mean. But now I'm like, yo, kid, sit down, I can take you in a fight. <laughs> or I don't even have to fight you, I'll just put my hand on your head, and you'll do that thing where you swing your fist at me. <laughs> it's, yeah, no, so Sean, so Sean is kind of... You know, apparently has a soft spot, although to some of us he may have just be soft, but <laughs> that's a different, that's a different tale and a different, you know, he'll get his, he'll get his moment. Um, but, okay, so that plot kind of resolves and it's pretty whatever, it's pretty conventional, but the other two plots end in a way that's kind of zany. So, <laughs> the... Well, one's zany, one's heartbreaking. Yes, 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 yes. So the zany one is, um... God, it's it's Toby and JT who, if you remember, were looking up porn together. Um, which I'll by never the forget. <laughs> which, by the way, JT, I wrote it down in my notes at the beginning of it. He he yells, "Boobage, here we come!" <laughs> uh. <laughs> um, <laughs> I. Does, I think it's the best line that JT could provide. God damn it. That's my, my take is, I think that's the best JT can do. <laughs> so, so anyway, so they're looking up, they're looking up the porn and then they don't know it, but Toby's, uh, father and father's, and, uh, his father's girlfriend come in and they catch them looking at, looking at it. Um, but, and which is like, okay, fine. Ha ha ha. But it's the end of the plot that's absolutely bizarre to me. And, like, I I don't know how, like, it's just, it's just bad. Like, looking at it, I was like, <sighs> okay. So, the whole entire thing is Toby's, so Toby's, um, 
I'm just gonna say parents. I feel like it's way easier. Yeah. It's way less clunkier. So Toby's parents like decide that the way that they're going to punish them is to look at it together in like kind of like that humiliation kind of way. I guess to like make you feel really embarrassed. I was thinking more. It's like um, I I remember this on old timey sitcoms a lot more where it's like. Oh, they caught you smoking, so you're gonna smoke the entire yes. carton of cigarettes and That's vomit. That's what it came off. That's what it came off to me as. They're like, you're gonna like smoke a cigar on on like whatever clipped or whatever, and then you're gonna get sick. Like that's what it felt like they were trying to do, which is like, uh, in of itself. And like instead of it being a conversation, which you know could have done, and honestly, Degrassi, it, I feel like Degrassi when it hits its stride could do something like this, where the parents could be like, you know, did you know? People can be exploited in pornography, and, you know, like, sex trafficking is a thing, and, like, you know, this could, this industry hurts people. But no, 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 it's the humiliation of looking at pornography, but more specifically, looking at gay-targeted pornography. Um, And of course, of course, because these are children who do not have proper... I don't know, decorum slash writers who thought this would be funny, the whole entire reaction is when JT and Toby tell Emma and Manny about it. Um, Which, I, why would you do that we, as, yeah, a, yeah. Like, as a teen boy? Yeah, yeah, that's that. there's that element too. But like, they laugh beca- and call them dorks because ha ha ha, they were looking at gay porn. Yeah, <laughs> I like I'm 32, and I feel like I have a pretty healthy attitude towards sex and, you know, people and whatnot. I'm only now openly able to admit, like, yes, pornography. But, like, back then, like, if anybody found that out, be like, well, I'm going to just dig this hole, and I'm just going to live in this hole now, away from everybody else, because I am so embarrassed. I don't even, you know what, like, fine, whatever, maybe, you know, whatever, they told him we can talk about forever if that's realistic or not. My real issue is the fact that, like, the writers needed this to be a laugh about the fact that, oh, JT and Toby looked at naked men. Ooh, ha, 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 ha. And I'm like, come on. Like, I know that the world was not that progressive in, in, like, you know, when this came out, but there's a part of me that's also very much, like, it just feels very hypocritical. Because Degrassi always has kind of been one of those things where even in the early incarnation, like, you know, you saw brief, scant mentionings of LGBTQ rep, like, you would think the writers would have had more responsibility to be able to be like, you know, that's not where the joke is. That's not where the joke is supposed to be. That's not something that we want to make fun of in our story, which is very impressionable to teenagers. It was very frustrating and upsetting, honestly. Yeah, it's like, it's just... If, like, any joke that homosexuality is the butt is like the punchline is not a good joke. It's true. Like, it's just. And. I mean, besides the, like, social aspects of. Like, of being like, hey, you know, LGBTQ, LGBTQ, like, things exist. Like,. No, we're going to use these things as a punishment. Yeah. Like... Yeah. And... I don't know. Like, I just have so many problems with, like, this punishment in general. Because it's just, like... There's... Like... Yes, as parents, it's an uncomfortable fact that you're going to have to deal with the fact that your kids are going to enter sexual maturity. Mm Mm-hmm. No, like, no parent really is going to enjoy that phase of their lives... Of their children's lives or their own, but it's a something that needs to happen, and like this does not equal a good, like maturation of that. Like whether these kids are part of the LGBTQ, are LGBTQ or not, it's just like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like it's just gross. Yeah, it would have been. I feel like it was a real missed opportunity where the the writers could have turned this into a truly teachable moment. Which, you know, is, is very, it's even more upsetting because this is Degrassi, right? Like, it's it constructed on teachable moments. Like, that is the foundation of Degrassi in many ways. And the fact that they just could not 
take the fact maybe it was also like you know it was toby and jt and they like thought like oh it's toby and jt and toby had a kind of serious plot last episode so perhaps we should just give him a, a silly silly plot and it's like no you know they could have their little jokes and like the boobage here we come and you know that could be i guess it's funny to somebody but like <laughs> y- y- especially in the case of sexual maturity pornography and its role in it and all that type of stuff to not address it in a mature way at least from the writing end of it is extremely disappointing and upsetting i going on going off that i'm wondering if they if the writers thought what all this stuff with terror because this is i was gonna say the heaviest plot volume we've dealt with but the first plot first episode's plot line was super heavy yeah yeah <laughs> like, it's true maybe there's like we need a little bit of levity but this is the wrong way to get it exactly i think that you know jt and toby um have always kind of been like they're kind of like the the comic relief of sorts jt in particular and we see that comic relief come in in the past few episodes we've seen but i think that you know once again, I feel like the the thing that could have been embarrassing could have been the fact that the parents made it a teachable moment. Like, it was like, and then my parents made me watch a, like, you know, a documentary on media representation, and now I don't want to look at it anymore, because now all I do is, is think of that documentary. <laughs> and, like, that could have been fine. Like, you could have had it that the parents took it way too seriously and almost killed, and entirely killed the fun out of the experience, <laughs> at least for a little while. Admittedly, this was the early aughts, so media representation documentaries were not readily available. <laughs> Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, you know what I'm getting at here, where it could have been, like, one of this thing, like, my parents lectured me about, then, then fine, little parents lectured me about media representation or whatever, and now I just, I just hear them saying that to me whenever I try to look up whatever the websites were. I don't remember them off the top of my head. The one was Foxy Ladies. Yes, yeah, that's all I remembered in my head. I was just like, Foxy Ladies. Just like looping in my head, but I felt like there were other ones, but I could not remember. They were all ridiculous. Oh, like. yeah. No, they were all very, very cliched. So, so anyway, that's kind of how that plot ran, and, you know, we have feelings about it. But also you have the issue of Terry's plot, which... <sighs> Oh, Terry's plot ends in a way that's heartbreaking um, and very frustrating because she goes back to school and she feels really bad. But as she comes back to school, she finds out much to her misfortune that, you know, her behavior had intense consequences after the dance. Um, And it also resulted in a development of... um, the relationship that was the relationship between Spinner and Paige, um, and it's like you know Spinner's uh, Paige. Well, it's really Paige that says Paige is like, like Spinner doesn't need your notes anymore and things like that. And like Paige just went in for the kill while Terry was hungover is basically what it was. <laughs> I, which I don't understand because <laughs> it's just like I mean besides that's a shitty move. Yes, like it's just like. When I was in high school, it wasn't like, well, this girl doesn't like me, but that girl likes me. It was always just like, well, that girl doesn't like me. I'm going to go sulk in my room. Like, <laughs> Especially in the case of Spinner, because it seemed like Spinner really liked Terry. At least it felt as a viewer, we were supposed to infer that Spinner had genuine feelings for her. Like, it wasn't just a case of, like, a quick crush. If that was the case, if it was set up really, like, kind of like, whatever, oh, Terry's cute. Like, I would I would have bought that quick flip around to Paige, mm-hmm. but we were led to believe that, like, he had genuine emotions toward her, and, like, ooh, I don't know what Paige was, like, selling in, like, <laughs> that that period of time, but, like, she did something right, because, like, it pretty much shoves Terry out of the equation. She had a whole night and two days to work on this. Because, like... Paige, Paige operates on a different time. Well, I mean, like, you got to assume they went to Jimmy's after party. True. Um, so that's some. I'm assuming the after par- or whatever after party Jimmy was selling. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to assume that after party had very little teacher attendance. Not te- teacher attendance. Parental. I was gonna say, I'm like, I don't know about teacher. <laughs> parental like observation on it or mm-hmm. parents around. Um. And. So yeah, I don't know. Like Paige must have been Paige must have 
<laughs> I'm just now imagining Paige filibustering about why... <laughs> I think that's what she did! Why Spinner should date her instead of Terry. No, but that's exactly what she did. You know Paige. Like, Paige... Paige... Like, she's crafty, and, like... She's, she's just gonna go for it. Like, I feel like she would just go for it, and in that sense, it would be like, now here is my pros and cons list. Saying why I believe I would be a better romantic pursuit. And, like, that's just how Paige rolls, I feel like. It's like Jimmy Smith at the end of Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, where, like, Paige, like, exhaustedly falls over on her lectern because she just brought that to the party. <laughs> just like, and that's why I believe you should date me. And, and Spinner's like, you bring up some solid evidence. I understand. Especially that independently researched report. <laughs> That's kind of how it, that's like, in my head, that's like how that all worked out. At least in my, in my, in my opinion, my humble opinion. Um, but yeah, no, Paige goes in and it's just like, it's like, what are we supposed to take away from Terry's plot? And it's, it's, I mean, like, should you know your limits with alcohol slash should you probably not be drinking anyway when you're in eighth grade? Yes. I think we can all kind of agree that you shouldn't. But when you factor in the fact that she was a girl who was clearly dealing with body image and was being exploited and all of that type of stuff, it's really hard to just take that plot at the face value, oh, I should not drink. It comes off very much, I don't know, it just doesn't sit right to me. And it's just like, I don't know, it's more realistic this way, but it's just like, the the, the other message I seem to get from it is like, you have to be on point at all times or else, guess what? Well, you're gonna just miss out. Like, you make yeah. a single mistake, you're gonna miss out on a chance for happiness. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, they don't have to be together forever, but even, like, just going on a few dates and just... Because, like, you know, like, going on a date for Tara would probably boost her self-esteem. Yeah, and I think, I think that's the big thing. It's, like, when you put this within the context of a fat character, suddenly it becomes much more insidious to me. Whereas, I feel like if this was a case of, if, if we, let's give the plot of, like, drinking too much and then making a fool out of yourself, then missing out the opportunity of being with your partner, let's put that on, like, let's say, let's, re let, not maybe not quite reverse it, but, like, let's say Paige really wanted Spinner to like her, and she decides to drink to kind of, like, let loose a little bit, and ends up, you know, crossing boundaries, and then she gets rightfully called out on it. You wouldn't necessarily get this awful guilty, guilty, guilty feeling that you get with Terry. Not to say, like, you know, there's still room to feel bad for Paige in that plot. I think you still can very easily. But there's something just about the fact that it's 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 punching down. I think that's my issue. Like, the plot punches down on a character as opposed to getting a character back to Earth. It's like shoving a kid back into, like, you know, the core of the Earth, basically. Yeah. Because it's just, like... Like, Paige doesn't click... Well... Like, if... Like... I would have liked this episode more if it's... Because well, there's very clear... Uh, it's very clear Paige is jealous of Terry. Or Paige is jealous of Spinner's affections for Terry. Yes. And whether or not it's, like... Paige has this idea of, like, why her and not me? Or something else is never explored. Mm-hmm. Or if she just generally has a f affection for Spinner, the terrible bully, um, is never explored. It's just like, Paige is putting on some moves, and I don't know what her motive is behind this, other than, like, I guess she has a crush on, on Spinner. And it's just like, if I if I was shown that this was du girls, like, dealing with self-esteem issues on both ends, where it, like... Mm, yeah. It's just like, um, you know, Tara, like both of them have body issues and both of them just want to be liked. Then I like, then I would like it a lot more. But I really like, there's a moment when they were drinking without uh, Ashley's like adult presence in the room where I was just like, oh, maybe they're going to bond. Nope. Like Paige is just going to run her game on Terry. Um, because like a movie just came out recently, uh, called I Feel Pretty. Mm -hmm. Um, I know it from reputation. I'm never going to see this movie because I don't want to support it. But, like, the whole thing is, like, this woman gets a head injury for... And then, like, thinks herself attractive. Amy Schumer. Um, and it's just, like, then, like, in the same trailer, she's, like, getting down on a woman who's... Uh, you know, um, 
a supermodel, Emily Ratjowski. Like, I've never figured out how to pronounce her name. I apologize. <laughs> I can't help you. <laughs> In this audio media. I'm sorry. Um, and, like, she is just, like, Emily's like, I'm feeling really, like, down about myself today. And Amy Schumer's like, I want to punch you in your pretty face. I'm like, this is, like, your dumb pretty face. I'm like, this is the worst. <laughs> like, nobody deserves, no matter what your body type is, you don't deserve to be made to feel bad about it. Like, and some, but some people still feel bad about it, no matter what their body type is. And that's what this movie, this sh- episode should have been about. Yeah, yeah, it... <sighs> Yeah, no, I was really hoping for that, or, like, to see some form of remorse for Paige, like, Paige feels for her actions in this one. Like, and I don't remember right now, I don't remember if this gets brought up again, really. I don't, I just don't, like, a lot of these, this season, I only saw maybe once or twice, whereas the other seasons I rewatched a couple times. Like, but, like, in, in the episode span that we see, like, she is all in. She is crafty. She's getting her way. She gets her way. And when you look at this as a issue-heavy show in terms of, like, this is a show that's going to go there, which is their whole tagline, and it's going to talk about the pros and the cons, and it's going to talk about consequences in a real, realistic way, it's... It just feels like a missed opportunity, and it kind of made... Honestly, like, I felt kind of garbage when I got to the end of the episode. I felt terrible for Terry... I felt awful for her for various reasons, and as far as I know, just within the way that these episodes work, like, these episodes, as we already know, like, don't build up very much off of each other, so I don't know if Terry's gonna get redemption at this moment, and it's very upsetting. Yeah, and, like, honestly, part, like, knowing the show, part of me is just like, okay, there's probably gonna be an eating disorder, like, mm-hmm. uh, like, and well, this I'll give the show's credit, but I think the characters could be fleshed out enough eventually that it could be either Paige or Terry because they, I feel like both of them have self-esteem issues, but I we only saw Terry's this this one, mm-hmm. um, and also like you know you've been saying Paige is one of your favorite characters. I don't think you like knowing you. I don't think you'd be really let into a character who's nothing but mean. Yeah, no, no, Paige, Paige, and that's kind of the complication with these episodes, and I'm trying to really look at this from episode-by-episode type of perspective, because, like, I think that, and that's why, like, I'm holding myself to that and not going ahead or anything, because I think it's very easy for us to get muddled in our perceptions of these characters after a couple seasons, and especially in teen dramas where characters will go through transformations, tremendously so, where I do love Paige, and there are episodes with Paige that I think are wonderful and vulnerable and address a lot of really it, it, in issues in a really authentic way. But the fact of the matter is, it's like I need to be mature enough at my age and also as somebody who does love media and media criticism, I got to be able to say, you know what, Paige, like you screwed up and there, as far as I can tell, like you came out in the wrong and it's very obvious. Yeah. It's rough. It's a rough one. But, I mean, I guess that gives us stuff to talk about. But, um, yeah, no, this episode was, uh, was a rough one, kind of across the board, for various <laughs> reasons. Um, so, but I, I will ask you this, Frank, where are your characters ranked? Okay, I was thinking about this. Alright, um, uh, Ashley, I'm starting to like a lot, because for the thankless job of being the parent friend. Yes. <laughs> um, because I've been a parent friend before, like, especially in high school. And my friend's like, we're going to go into the woods. I'm like, oh, God, you're going oh, to get heart and sprained ankles and whatnot. I have to go with you. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're all idiots. <laughs> um, Jimmy, I still don't know anything about other than I feel bad that he was assaulted and nobody seemed to care. Yeah. Um, Emma... Emma's still ranking kind of high because she's just like, oh, yo, you just assaulted somebody. Let's, let's dance. Or, yeah, no, she's ranking pretty high for her, like, for asking a boy to dance. Doesn't somebody say that to her? Like, I wouldn't let boys dictate whether or not I'm going to have a good time. Oh, God, who said that? I don't remember, but I know what you're talking I, I about. I think it was Paige, actually. Oh, Paige. Like I said, Paige has layers. Paige... <laughs> is the onion of Degrassi in many ways. There's there's a lot going on with Paige. But um, no, I think Emma, 
I feel like re-watching this, I feel like I had very complicated feelings for Emma, but honestly, re-watching it, especially at this point, I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like, she's a very real 7th grade girl. She's trying to do her most okay, and, you know, that was good. Oh, I thought Paige was in 8th grade. Paige is in 8th grade. Emma is. Oh, okay. Grade. Sorry. Yeah, Paige is in 8th grade. You're right. No, you're right. Okay. Um, Paige, you know, like. So let's talk about Paige. What? Although, let's po- talk about Paige in that case. Where she rank? Um, I mean, I don't like what she did, but I gotta recognize that hustle. Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the complication of Paige. It's like, even Paige at her worst, it's like, she she's trying, and like, there's something to work off of on like some characters. It, it's like Azula from um, Avatar Last Airbender, where I'm like, you are evil. But damn, you're like I like watching you. <laughs> yeah, you know what can I say? I the mean girl archetype, the queen bee archetype. Like I have a soft spot for it, and I understand that a lot of the time those girls are not good girls, but like I, they are entertaining. Page page keeps it interesting. Yeah, um, I'm starting to like Spinner a bit, though. Like I'm hope I'm waiting for his hopeful evolution from not being a very bad bully. <laughs> Because he just seems like a tender chunkhead. I love that description of Spinner. <laughs> it popped into my head when he when he was actually being a soft boy and talking to like Terry with a modicum of respect and like acceptance. It's like, what a tender chunkhead. <laughs> I'm gonna call all my rats tender chunkheads when I go home. I'm gonna hold them. And I'm just going to whisper in their little ears, like, you little ch- tender chunkhead, I love you. Um, let's say to them, Jimmy, oh, Sean, and, like, Sean just seems understandably angry. Like, yeah. that was a, ho- like, that was a nightmare scenario of having to repeat a grade, like, mm-hmm. when I was in high school, because it just seemed like, well, I'm not getting to college now. Like... Yeah, no, it's it's super stressful. I feel for kids that have to repeat. Even classes, even if it's just one class or two classes, like, especially if you can't afford summer school or something like that, or you just don't have the means to get to summer school, and then you're in a class and you're, in his case, like, you know, you're you're in, supposed to be in 8th grade and you're surrounded by 7th graders or whatever his situation is. Yeah. Which is also happening to Spinner, although then, in his case, it's, like, he's, I think he's supposed to be in, what, he's 8th grade right now? And he was supposed to be in ninth grade or something like that. I think so. Which is like almost worse in its own unique ways. <laughs> anyway, I feel for the repeated kids. Um, let's see. And JT and Toby, huh? like those kids need to grow up. They're really starting to get on my nerves. <laughs> wow, Toby has fallen so hard, so fast from the rankings. I mean, he wasn't that great last episode. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I like- I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was going to say, you know, continue your thought. I like Toby in the first episode when he's just like, yo, I'm going to save the day. I'm going to save this. I'm going to come get a pedophile. I'm like, yeah, good for you, Toby. Then he's like a bratty little brother, a bratty weird little brother. Be like, look at your training bra. Yeah. That just curdled from grace. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just, now that I think about it, his attitude towards women is not like, it's kind of like, ooh. Not great. No. These two episodes. No, no, no. <laughs> so yeah, so Toby and JT, and JT is just like, there's no pathos to JT. <laughs> Not yet, anyway. There is no pathos to JT. My also favorite quote from this podcast episode. Thank you, Frank. <laughs> and there's like, and, and, so yeah, if like if JT hurtled from Grace, like. Oh no, if Toby hurled from Grace, JT, like, just leapt off the side of the Grand Canyon for that stupid stand-up routine last night. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking back on it, I just got more annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, Manny didn't do too much in this episode, but did Manny offend you? No. Okay, good. <laughs> Alright. I'm sorry, my one last thought is just like, a joke you tell that you know is bad is infinitely more funny than a bad joke you tell and believe in fully. <laughs> <laughs> and JT believes all his jokes are amazing. <laughs> and admittedly, he's a seventh grade boy. But. <laughs> but. 
But it doesn't mean he's good television. But he's not a real child, so I don't feel that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's like a test of wills in this case. It's like, if it was my student, I would protect JT with my life. As a viewer, I'm like, oh god. Please don't tell another joke. <laughs> Because one, you feel an obligation to the other one you're forcing on yourself. Yeah. Oh. Um, did we, I think we covered all the characters, right? We did? Or Terry. Oh, I just feel bad for Terry. Yeah, I mean, we kind of addressed our concerns with Terry at this point. We're, you know, we're worried about her, and we, we like, I mean, I like her. I've, I just worry. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, like, looking forward to the journey Terry's gonna be on, because if this is the beginning, it's not gonna end great. Uh, shaky, shaky response. Um, but I guess we'll wrap it up. So any recommendations that you may have? My recommendation for this week and relating to this episode um, directly relates to a, re- a book release that happened, I think, last week is when it was released. So if you are interested or you enjoyed the movie Love, Simon, um, you probably already know that it's based off of a book, which is Simon versus the Homo Sapien Agenda. Um, maybe you've read that. Maybe you haven't. Um, if you're interested in the book, it's a really good book. I really enjoy it. But more importantly, I want to recommend the sequel, which actually just came out, which is called Leah on the Offbeat. Um, the reason why I wanted to recommend this is because it's explicitly about Leah, who is pretty good and loves Simon, but I adore her in the book version because she's this weirdo anime girl and she's great. Um, and she is just this delightful character. Um, the sequel is really fun to kind of read her perspective on. She, I know some people will probably not love the meme element. However, I think that she is a total meme lord, so, like, I don't <laughs> mind it. Um, but what's also really good about it, um, because we're on this topic of body image, Leah is written in a way that's explicitly that she is fat. It impacts how she views the world. It impacts how she interacts with the world and how she interacts with other characters. Um, her need to measure up to certain characters. Um, it allows her to be, her narrative allows her to be very vulnerable about this. Um, so I feel like it gives this perspective on a character, um, in a way that's written in a way that's very explicit, um, and in a way that is just very, like, this is what it is, and this is how this shapes my, my life. And I think that it's definitely worth checking out. So if you enjoyed Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda, um, you'll probably be interested in Leah on the Offbeat, and... Both books are really good, but I think Leon the Offbeat really hits upon some of these ideas that this episode is trying to do, at least in the Terry plot. Um, I don't, like, yeah, unfortunately I don't have anything for the A plot, for the B plot. Um, if you want your child to have a understanding of sexual matters, I would suggest the book, What's Happening, the What's Happening to My Body, Book for Boys and or Girls. Um... Well, they're, they're two separate books, which what was that's what I was given in lieu of a sex education talk from my parents, and it's a lot easier. And also just literally, like, go on, I, there's, um... I feel like Go Ask Alice is, like, the, or what is it called, Go Ask Alice, or whatever it is? No, It's, like, um, no, the health one, what is it called? Scarlet Teens... I'm, I'm looking this up so you can edit it later. Um, <laughs> You'll just hear my voice come through like, it's this. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm going to look this up and we'll just make it in a way that... This oh, no. Um, it, you, do you know what I'm talking about? Vaguely. No, not, not really. Um, I know there's a Netflix documentary, um, Hot Girls Wanted or something. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Okay, I I have another repis. I have a recommendation for the B plot as well, um, and my recommendation is good old Scarlet Teen, which maybe you used if you were someone around my age age group, you might have used this quite a bit. Um, but I want to reiterate that this is a really good resource. Um, it's called Scarlet Teen. Go on to scarletteen.com, and it kind of has all of this information. Um, but it's really quick Q and A's about sexuality, about um, relationships and about stuff like that. Um, what I really love about it is that it's still active. So if you used it, when, if you're like around my age, like, you know, in your mid to late twenties and you use this, um, it's still around and still updating. But what's really cool is that the staff actually has trans people on it. So it has like really accurate experiences of trans sexuality as well. So if you're somebody who wants to know how to have a healthier relationship with sexuality, have a healthier relationship with some of the sexual maturity and puberty and some of those themes that Toby and JT's plot in particular was trying to deal with, always go back to Scarlet Teen. It has some really good stuff on it. Um, yeah, it's called, the documentary I was talking about was called Hot Girls Wanted. 
Um, this 2015 Sundance Film Festival breakout documentary from producer Rashida Jones spots like the amateur porn industry and the women it exploits. Oh, Christ. And right next to it on the Netflix search is Hotbot. 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 <laughs> All right. Oh, God, this thing sounds like trash. <laughs> <laughs> Not the documentary. The documentary I heard is heartbreaking. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it yet. My sister watched it. She did not enjoy it. For not, she didn't say it was a bad documentary. She just was like, "Oh, it's rough." So, but yeah, so there's resources out there. Um, but you know, it's uh, this was a rough episode. We'll see where where we end up next week. Um, thank you again, as always, for kind of listen for uh, listening in. Of course, if you want to keep in touch with us, ask questions, make comments, have your own takes on these episodes, please check out the links uh, below and feel free to communicate with us. Um, other than that, thank you very much for listening. You have anything else you want to add? For no, me? I just finally looked at the the Yowie um, <laughs> panel that we were sent, and just like this guy with exceptionally long fingers, looking yes. like a Ginger Ito monster uh. <laughs> anyway um, <laughs> um as always uh please rate and review and subscribe to us on itunes um and yeah uh do we think of a closer yeah, whatever it takes we hope we can make it through have a good <laughs> well, have a good rest of your week everybody all right later do you see what i see this and offense silence for your confidence do you hear what i hear the slamming studs Limit your imagination Keep you where they must Do you feel what I feel? Bittering distress Who decides to express?